It's Wednesday. That means prospect team of the week. We need to talk about Spencer Arigetti. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So, prospect team of the week, a lot of guys have just put up fantastic performances, but a guy that probably deserves a deeper dive than we can give in this game, and that's going to be coming soon, is Spencer Arigetti of the Houston Astros. 2021 sixth rounder out of Louisiana Lafayette, and I think if they realized that he would be this good, he probably would have been drafted earlier than the sixth round and would have signed for more than $147,000. So, six starts on the year, 10 appearances in AA Corpus Christi, where he finished last year. So, it was, last year was high A to double A. He's starting in double A, but he's not going to be here long. Six and two, three, eight, six ERA, and 46 and two thirds innings. 57 strikeouts, so just under 11 strikeouts per nine, to 17 walks, 3.3 per nine, one home run allowed. What Spencer Arigetti did last week, though, deserves special mention. He started twice, 10 total innings, which, you know, not that amazing five innings to start. That's like the minimum of what we can ask for. That's fine. Four hits, one run in 10 innings, three walks, 19 strikeouts. So flexed, had a week, and this is just the continuation of some recent dominance from Spencer Arigetti and why I said he's not going to be in double-A that much longer. And Spencer Arigetti's last six starts for Corpus Christi, it's the hooks, I believe. 32 innings, two runs, 10 walks to 44 strikeouts. It is a surprisingly dominant stretch for a guy that, again, was a sixth-round pick coming out of a mid-major, Louisiana Lafayette, Uh, in 2021. So what he does well, there's some, we need to update some of the grades. A lot of the scouting reports, I think are a little bit out of date based on the improvements that he's made, but the fastball is seen as above average. I've got it as a plus sits in the mid nineties, touches 97. It's, it's a little bit unique in that he has a lower release point because he's a drop and drive guy. So Everydayers will remember us talking about the two main pitching styles are tall and fall, where you gather your weight on your back leg and then you, in essence, you step forward. And so all your momentum comes forward off of the back leg to the front or drop and drive, which is where rather than standing tall on the back leg, you, you lower the back leg, lowering the center of gravity, and then you push, you push forward to get the ball out. He's a drop-and-drive guy. It feels like there's a little more effort in there than you love, but he's a good athlete, so I think it's fine. Uh, And he gets a lot of deception in there out of the three-quarter slot 
But what the drop and drive does is the fastball has a lower release point. It's a four-seamer. And so it kind of comes in looking flat because it's got all the backspin that a lot of good fastballs have. It just comes in kind of flat. And it almost, it almost looks like, if you ever see somebody talking about a pitch has hop, it's where it's coming in flat, but it looks like it's trying to come up the entire time, like it's bouncing towards the plate almost. So it's a really unique fastball, good deception on it, and his athleticism makes it play up. To go along with that, he's got uh, my favorite of his secondaries, if you everydayers will know that I'm a big, a big on these things, is a sweeper. He throws it in the low to mid-80s. I think it's genuinely a plus pitch. And then to go along with the fastball and the sweeper, he has a curveball, sits in the high 70s, and it's got two plane break to it. So if you're a righty facing him, he's going to leave it up in the zone or up above the zone for the fastball. He's going to take it away from you horizontally with the sweeper. He's going to dart it down and away from you with the slider. And then he also has a changeup that when he can command it effectively, it has good, not only a, a vertical break, but it also has that traditional kind of two-seamer changeup run to the arm side. So it could run in on you. It could be up. It could be down. It could be down and away. It's a nice arsenal. The changeup doesn't always land. And one of the big c- complaints entering the year was that he didn't really have the ability to consistently throw strikes. In double-A Asheville last year, he got 85 and two-thirds innings in high-A. I'm sorry, high-A Asheville. 85 and two-thirds innings. Uh, He struck out 124 guys, like 13 strikeouts per nine. Yeah, but he walked 46, so 4.8-something walks per nine. He's lowered that number. Uh, It was lower in Corpus Christi last year. It's even lower now, 3.28. So he's getting better at throwing for strikes. And because of these improvements, Spencer Aragetti, now that you're graduating Hunter Brown out of the prospect rankings, Spencer Aragetti is probably one of, if not the best pitching prospect in this Astros system. And a guy I would expect to see in AAA probably within the next few weeks. And looking at, there's the potential for an end-of-season call-up in the bigs. Uh, Runner-up here. Evan McKendry of the Tampa Bay Rays had a start, start of the game in AAA Durham. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts. It was a doubleheader, so it was a seven-inning game. He pitched the entire seven innings. Always love to see that. The lefty on this team, a guy we haven't talked about a ton, is left-hand pitcher Yumin Lin of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sitting in high A, he was a 2021 IFA by them, 19 years old. And on the year, Eight starts in high A Hillsborough with the hops. 0 and 2, 358 ERA, 32 and two-thirds innings, 45 strikeouts, so 12.4 to nine walks, 2.5, and one home run allowed. Uh, but what he did last week, uh, a single start, he didn't get two like Aragetti did, but you remember if you remember Aragetti had 19 strikeouts in 10 innings, Yumin Lin had 13 strikeouts in five. Five innings pitched, one hit, no runs, one walk, 13 strikeouts. And the, the, the human Lin nutshell here is plus control, can spot all of his pitches exactly where he wants to put them, throws a ton of different things. The question on ceiling is going to be, what does the velocity do? 
Uh, baseball reference has him at 5'11", 160. You've got physical development. Again, he is just 19. You've got time for that. But when you look at what he does, is the fastball is average, 92, 93. It's a four-seamer. Uh, he has a changeup that has both some drop and some run to it, so it's going, it's going to the arm side as a lefty. You've got a, a slider, kind of a harder slider. Uh, so that kind of darting down and away from you, that more of that traditional slider look that you're used to seeing, has a vertical breaking curveball, also throws a two-seamer, also throws a cutter, and has a variant of his changeup that kind of looks like a screwball. So he's got a bunch of different options he can attack you with, but both the slider and the changeup are 60-grade pitches. The changeup might be a little bit better than that, actually. The curveball is at least average, if not above average. So a lot of different things that Yu Lin can attack you with. The question is, what does the velocity do? Because you are a lefty, you get a little bit of a break there, but if you're 92 to 93, there's only so, your ceiling can only be so high because that's where your velocity caps out. You need to be able to throw a little bit harder if at all possible. Uh, some of the runners up here, Bob Gass. We've talked about Robert Gasser before, the Milwaukee Brewers. Started the game in AAA last week. Seven innings, five hits, which normally wouldn't make you prospect team of the week, but no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts. We talked about Bob Gass has never really been that big kind of strikeout guy. He had a great strikeout outing and appears to be like he's getting a little bit better with the swing and miss stuff. So you love to see that. In just a minute, we're going to get into the infield of this team. We actually had some trouble finding a good center, uh, a good catcher and a good first baseman. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. If you've never tried therapy before, a lot of people have this preconceived notion about therapy. You're just talking about your feelings and how you feel about your mom and all of this stuff. But therapy legitimately can be helpful for a lot of people. It's not just if you've dealt with trauma and things like that. It helps you understand why you react to certain things the way you do, why you do or do not handle certain situations well, why sometimes you feel the way that you do in certain scenarios. It's a really... It's a really useful tool, and if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and because that relationship is so important, the vibes have to be immaculate with that therapist because it's all about the connection you guys have. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnMLB. Okay, so when we were trying to do the prospect team of the week, it felt like we were having some trouble finding some guys to put in here at catcher and at first base. The catcher was Miguel Palma of the Houston Astros. He was in high A. They got two guys on this team, yeah. Uh, three games at catcher, two games at DH, so still qualifies. And that was one of the issues we had, is if a guy's playing more than half his games at a different position than catcher, we're not going to put him on the team at catcher. That's just how it works. Uh, so in those five games, again, three catching, two DHing, 10 to 19, two home runs, two doubles, four runs to eight RBIs, and one walk to two strikeouts. There's going to be a big conversation coming up for the Astros about who is going to be 
the new catcher when Martin Maldonado is done. There's people who think Yanye Diaz is going to be the guy. There's people who think Corey Lee is going to be the guy. You've got other options. But behind both of them, and somebody who is in plenty, has plenty of time to work his way there, is Miguel Palma. So very interesting there. Uh, we're going to watch and see what else that he does, how he continues to make things happen while he's in high A. The first baseman on this team, I'm a role Vargas of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And this is where the conversation about what position you played that week comes into play. He started all six games in double A. So that's, if you remember, that's Tulsa, where they have that loaded team. He started three at first base and three in right field. So 50%, he qualified to make the team. But in those six games in double A Tulsa, I'm a role Vargas. 7-21, three home runs, three doubles, five runs, 11 RBIs, and five walks to 11 strikeouts. Didn't attempt, didn't, didn't attempt to steal. A lot of first basemen don't. Again, he does play outfield as well. He's actually listed a lot of places as an outfielder. And so I think maybe that's why MLB Pipeline missed him when they made their prospect team in the week. They went with Grant Levine of the Colorado Rockies, which we... Had him in our top 10 list on Tuesday's show. If you missed that, go back and check that out. It's in your feeds. Uh, he went 6 of 20 in double A. I believe that's Hartford, the Yard Goats. Uh, 6 of 20 with a home run, two doubles, scored one run, had two RBIs, six walks to three strikeouts. So, again, I think this is something where because I'm Roll Vargas is listed as an outfielder and he's a guy who's just learning both and playing both. I think maybe that's why MLB Pipeline and some of the other folks missed him when they made their prospect teams of the week. Uh, second base, it's a guy that I want to spend some time talking about, Jace Young of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, he is the, the younger brother of Josh Young of the Texas Rangers, who is one of the favorites for AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, but Jace started five games at second base and had a one day at DH. He's in high A right now, and this is after... He was a first-rounder last year to Texas Tech. So 22 years old, you feel like he's eventually going to move up a little bit from, from high A. But in those six games, 13-23, two home runs, three triples. He had four runs and 10 RBIs, three walks to six strikeouts. The thing about Jace Young, and, and on the season, he's having a good season. It's, he's not quite at that 3-4-5 slash line, but you can see the progress. So in his 44 games in high A, 274, 391, 464. Seven home runs, 17 extra base hits, 30 walks to 48 strikeouts, one for two on stolen bases. He has to hit well because he's not here to play defense. Uh, his brother is considered to be fringe to average at third base for Texas. He is probably in that same fringe to average boat at second base for Detroit. The good news is Detroit doesn't really have any starters that have stuck other than first base uh, for Spencer Torkelson and then Riley Green in the outfield who is hurt on, on the IL right now. But for, for Jace, I think he's got both above average potential with the hit tool and the power tool. And what I think is going to help him is the pitch recognition is really good. So it's the... Understanding the strike zone, the swing decisions that come along with that, I feel really good about where Jace Young is on those. Uh, it's going to be a matter of getting experience. Like back in college, he walked more than he struck out. And in his pro debut, 
he was close in 20, like in, in 22, uh, he went to, he straight to high A West Michigan. Didn't go to rookie ball, didn't go to low A, straight to high A West Michigan. And he had 25 walks to 28 strikeouts. So you want that ratio to, to continue. The batting average went up 43, 44 points. On base went up about 20 something points. Slugging went up 120, 130 points. Kind of the growth we're looking to see. Feels like he's a candidate to go to double A around midseason or so. And then from there, like once he gets in double A Erie, finish the year in double A Erie. And then next year is triple A to the bigs. We'll see how that goes. At shortstop, I went with a Cleveland Guardian, Jose Tenya. In double A, he had six games last week. He went 11 to 25, one home run, two doubles, and a triple, six runs and six RBIs, two walks to five strikeouts, and two for two on stolen bases. The thing with Jose Tenya, really good contact ability. The question is the power ceiling. He's not a very big guy. And so there's questions about, like, with the smaller frame, I want to say he's, I've got it here, 5'9, 160 is what he's listed as in a lot of places. And so he doesn't walk a ton. He strikes out around 25%. He's going to have to watch that as he gets higher up in the levels. So the question is, what is the power ceiling? Because Cleveland has a ton of middle infielders who are really talented. He's something where I think his power can get to fringe to average. So you're looking at a 15 home run guy in the middle infield, which you could do worse than that. But I think that's really... He's going to have to figure out the power piece because, again, he's not walking a ton. He's got 18 walks in 36 games. Uh, the strikeout rate's hovering around 25%. He's got 41 in 36 games. And defensively, he's average. The arm's above average. The speed's above average. But defense itself is, because of that speed and he's a good athlete, the defense is average. He can play second. He can play third. He can play short. He'll give you some utility. But he's going to have to hit for more power to be the guy who gets to be a starter versus being some sort of backup. He actually finished the year. He got five games in AAA Columbus with the Clippers last year and then came back to AA for this season. So some work to do there for Jose Tenya. The third baseman on this team, uh, I, I was toggling between two guys, Trey Lipscomb of the Washington Nationals. I decided on Justin Foscue, the Texas Rangers. So Foscue, 2020. First rounder out of Mississippi State. So in the COVID year, he lost his last year of college. In the six games last week, six of 15, a home run, two doubles and a triple, nine runs to five RBIs, 10 walks to one strikeout, and two for two on stolen bases. And this is just kind of more of what Justin Foscue's done this season. He's got 52 games in Triple A Round Rock. 286, 417, 516, eight home runs, 24 extra base hits, 36 walks to 25 strikeouts, 7 to 10 on stolen bases. So he's walking more than he's striking out. You love that. The slash line is closer to a 3-4-5 slash line at a high level. And the swing decisions are very, very high quality. Like his chase rate, 25%. One of the lower chase rates in the minor leagues. His end zone contact rate, it's a... If you look on some of the advanced dashboards, it's called Z-Contact, 93.1%. So almost every time he swings at a pitch in the strike zone, he makes contact. Now, the issue is the overall power output hasn't necessarily been great. 
He barrels this season 3.6% of balls, which is well below average. Average exit velo of 89, 90th percentile of 104, max of 109.9. Figuring out the power for Justin Foscue is an important thing coming up because defensively, there's a lot of questions about is he good enough to play second base or even is he good enough to play first base? Folks, you have questions about that. So he's, he has to hit and he has to hit for power. We'll see what he can do. Obviously, they're loaded in the middle infield right now in Texas. So he's looking at a utility slash injury fill-in thing anyway. Maybe a trade piece. We'll see what happens. He has to stay healthy for that. And in just a minute, we're going to get to our outfield on this team. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. I got to tell you, these are the most comfortable and best-looking shorts that you will get. They are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg. It makes your hard work in the gym look even better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are like the, the, the khaki material or like the cotton that's kind of stiff and doesn't want to bend and give. They do the same thing that Lululemon shorts do, but way better because they have this magic like cloud knit fabric. Again, it looks like khaki, but it stretches. So you get all of the, you get the movement. They've got the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. So they are fantastic. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. They have a free gift for you. You enter promo code LockedOnMLB. They will give you a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. You can not only make sure the boys are protected, the beverages are protected as well. Birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB for a free Yeti style Bird Dogs branded tumbler. You won't want to take these pants off. I promise. Okay, the outfield for this team was a little bit tough this week because there were some slam dunks, and then there was a and there was a couple guys that I really tried to f- figure out who's the best fit here. The slam dunk, Matt Walner of the Minnesota Twins, 2019 first rounder supplemental out of Southern Miss, who I believe is hosting their second straight super regional this weekend. They won the Auburn regional as a two seed, so shout out to those guys. I watched them play. Tanner Hall was a machine. But uh, he has this season in AAA, 37 games, 299, 405, 577, seven home runs, 22 extra base hits, 20 walks to 54 strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. The issue with Matt Walner, the power's fantastic, but he's got pretty significant swing and miss because that swing is so incredibly long. The everydayers can say it with me. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. And he's putting up a 33% strikeout rate in AAA. Uh, Chase rate, 28.6%. And he's swinging and missing in the zone 26% of the time. It is a big swing. It is an uppercut swing. It has holes in it. And he is susceptible to stuff. But when he makes contact, holy cow, does he make contact. 15% barrel percentage. His max exit below this year is 115.6. He averages 91 miles an hour on a ball that he makes con- that, that he hits. His 90th percentile, 110.2. So last week, in his six games in AAA, 11-26, three home runs, four doubles, and a triple. So eight of his 11 hits are for extra bases. Nine runs to 10 RBIs, one walk to five strikeouts. Still struck out almost once a game, but when he made contact, it was quality contact. He's gotten a little bit of time 
at the major league level. He got 11 games because he is a right fielder with a massive arm. It is a cannon for an arm. And it's funny because his, his major league stats outperform his minor league stats. Again, 11 games, so sample size noise here, but 368, 525, 79. A home run and two extra base hits, three walks to four strikeouts, and one for two on stolen bases. He kept the strikeouts down. He actually attempted some stolen bases, which he didn't do in the minors, and just crushed the ball. 579 slugging. Looked fantastic. It's just the issue is so you have so many, in, like, so many options for the Minnesota Twins, but Byron Buxton just went on the IL right before we sat down to record this, so there's entirely a possibility they call Matt Warner up. By the time you listen to this, especially you, Kyle, because you're like a month and a half behind, he's probably already been called back up and is playing at the major league level. The second guy on this team, outfielder Victor Scott of the St. Louis Cardinals, 2022 fifth rounder out of West Virginia, so he's in high A right now. Uh, it's one of those acclimate to professional baseball kind of things before they move him up to a uh, to a a more competitive or better level. But uh, in his 48 games on the season in high A, 282, 376, 426, two home runs, 16 extra base hits, seven of these things were triples. He's hit seven triples in 48 games. He averages a triple a week, folks. It's nuts. 22 walks to 39 strikeouts and 39 of 44 on stolen bases. Seven triples and 39 stolen bases in 48 games. He averages almost a stolen base attempt per game. Last week, he was a machine. 7 to 20 in his six games. Uh, a double, two triples, no home runs, three runs and three RBIs, eight walks to two strikeouts, and eight to nine on stolen bases. The thing with Victor Scott, is he legitimately is probably one of the 10 fastest players in the minor leagues. This kid can absolutely fly. The questions we have is, what does the power do? Because he has the swing. He has a swing that is geared towards power. It's like nice, natural loft. But the way he is now, it's a lot of fly ball outs. And part of me thinks, can he add a little bit more? Part of me says, He's already been through college. He's 22 years old. At this point, it might be more realistic to lower the angle of the swing down to a line drive swing. And then this, is, this dude's going to fly through a system. I see him being an ideal fourth outfielder, a defensive replacement guy, a pinch runner, all of those things. I think that's the floor, even if he stays where he is right now. The exact player he is here, I think that's the floor is fourth outfielder. But if he can turn either the power up on that uppercut swing or lower the swing to a line drive swing, he's going to absolutely take off. Third guy on this team, the final guy that we went with, Justin Crawford of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, 36 games in low A. He was a 2022 first rounder at a high school last year. So 36 games in low A. 341, 403, 442. No home runs, 11 extra base hits. 13 walks to 31 strikeouts. 23 to 26 on stolen bases. Also a very fast guy. Not as fast as Victor Scott, but a very fast guy. The question here is, the power's not great. It's projectable. He's only 19 years old. And on the week, 10 to 17 in his four games, three doubles, two triples, seven runs to four RBIs, two strikeouts, four four on stolen bases. Fantastic week. Again, for Justin Crawford, the question, like, it's a long, the swing can get long at times. What is the power ceiling going to be? It feels like defensively, he is more than good enough 
to be a starting center fielder at the major league level. He's probably 70 speed, 60 grade on, on defense. Arm is average to above average, depending on when you catch him and how the accuracy is dialed in. It's all about that power ceiling. What can Justin Crawford do? Uh, shout out to some of our runners up, Luis Matos, Moises Gomez, him and his five home runs he hit this week. Uh, Kalai Rosario, the Minnesota Twins, an outfielder that they drafted out of uh, high school in Hawaii. Uh, and Pete Crow Armstrong, also one of our runners-up. We love us in PCA. It's a fantastic week this week. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in a Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description. Links in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leader.